0: Hey, ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. I have Nicole Ritter on, and you guys are going to love her. So I met her right after I became an FDN, and I think you were one of my first clinical consults. I think I set up a clinical consult, and they're like, who do you want? And I just said, pick one for me, <laughs> <laughs> and they gave me you, and now that I, I always pick you. So. I'm it's so good happy. Now. I love working with you. <laughs> so I would love for you to share a little bit about your background, what got you started in like the health space, and then we will dive into mold and hormones because everybody wants to know the tea.
1: Awesome. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We kept having to reschedule this because of our or my baby, but I'm so glad this worked out. Um, so I got into this space because I grew up really sick. Um, I had chronic sinus infections. I had migraines. I was on so many different medications. I was, had really bad depression, really bad anxiety. And the answer was always here, take a pill, go to this specialist and take a pill for that ill. Um, and I just wasn't getting better. I was like a zombie and everything seemed to be getting worse because as you know, one certain pill take you know, you have like 500 different side effects and then new symptoms develop and present themselves as like dis-ease. So I was just so sick of feeling sick. Um, And I actually listened to a podcast and I think it was like 2017. Um, We found black mold in our basement. um, And I was listening to a podcast as I was like remediating the mold myself, which I don't suggest anyone do. Um, And it was Learn True Health. And she was talking about mold. And then um, she actually had another one where Reed Davis was on um, the founder of FDN. So I enrolled in FDN like the next day. Um, so it's really like, you know, my own health journey. I'm, I'm not on any medications anymore. Um, I'm, you know, I feel great when I wake up, I'm not tired. I don't have migraines. I don't have chronic sinus infection. So I just, you know, I've dedicated my life studying and helping others because I don't want anyone to feel the way I feel. And as you know, like so many people are just so lost with modern medicine and it's not fair that they have to go and seek out help, help like elsewhere. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that we have this opportunity to help people and educate people because it's just so needed.
0: Yes. And I think that doctors have their time and place, you know, like if I break my arm, going to go to a doctor, hey, do you not know? call me with a broken arm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I will have a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram and they're like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like what questions should I ask my doctor? What test should I have my doctor run? And I'm a lot of times at a loss what to tell them because I'm like, well, I can tell you what to ask your doctor, (laughs) but it's going to be like pulling teeth to have them run it. And then on top of that, a lot of them don't even know. Like, I think one of the biggest things I get all the time is no, there's no point in testing your hormones because they fluctuate throughout your cycle. So it's always going to be different. And I'm like, yes, but if you know what the fluctuation is supposed to be, you can still test them. So I don't know. It's like banging your head against a wall. It's so frustrating.
1: I was, I have PCOS and I went to the doctor Last, I think it was two weeks ago, and I wanted an ultrasound because I'm having some abnormal bleeding. And yes, I have PCOS, but we know how to manage PCOS, right? So I asked for an ultrasound, a full thyroid panel, and I wanted her to test my blood levels of my hormones just to see. I know Dutch is better, but I just, I was there, so I wanted to see. And she literally said, Well, you have PCOS, so what's the point? Like your androgens are going to be high. And I was like, Well, the point is, and then I just, you know, we got into this kind argument, and she never tested them. Um, so it's just so frustrating that yes, of course, there's a time and a place. My dad's a surgeon. He's a brilliant surgeon. I'm obsessed with him. I, you know, I'm, I think they spend years and years studying and they have good intentions, but I just think the system is not set up to help. It's not preventative, right? It's just a pill for an ill and it's, it's, it needs to change.
0: Yes, and we are all about preventing it before you get super sick, reversing so you can feel amazing, which brings me to mold. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I'm so excited to talk about mold because I actually have a couple clients right now um, who are dealing with mold illness, and this is what had me dive into the world of mold and be like, what's going on? And I just think that mold... um, can be underlying for so many people. So I am just gonna let you take the spiel off of mold and then yeah. I'll just ask questions. So like um let's start with what are some common symptoms that make you dig deeper and be like, hmm, maybe molds at the bottom of this.
1: Yeah. So I actually do testing for mold up front now with all my clients. Um, I do the organic acid test and I I test deeper if they're not getting better on the protocol. Um, for certain mycotoxins. But some symptoms of mold illness um, are fatigue, weakness, headaches, difficulty like regulating body temperature, um, the urge to urinate often, muscle aches, cramping, joint pain, sensitivity to light, um, abdominal problems like nausea, cramping, diarrhea. And then a huge one is chronic sinus infections, um, post-nasal drip, anything like sinus related um, and even like asthma, asthma, like illness, cough and shortness of breath. Um, so those are all symptoms, but it, it's mold is so immunosuppressive. It suppresses our immune system. So if anyone has a chronic illness, um, or has, has been dealing with illness for a really long time and has, you know, quote unquote done all the things, taken all the supplements, like that's when I dig deeper. And I think, I think mold and I see it so often And it's not like you have to walk into a house and see black mold all over the walls because it's hidden mold, right? You can have mold under the floors, the baseboard, the attic, um, and it just can cause so many different symptoms. So I always dig deeper if they're either not getting better or they present with those symptoms up front.
0: And before you guys like go, oh my gosh, like I'm going to like go through a mold protocol. You cannot stay in your moldy environment. And go through a mold protocol. Yeah. It's pointless. It's like throwing dollar bills away.
1: Yeah. It's, and that's, what's so hard and kind of emotional about mold, because I mean, I'm always so upfront and honest with my clients. And, um, I say, you know, you have to remove or remediate and it gets expensive, right? Mold yeah. moving is expensive, especially in this market. <laughs>
0: like,
1: oh, the housing market's crazy right now. And remediating is expensive, but you know, your health is priceless. So it's just, it's really prioritizing that. And yeah, you, you can get a little better. Like you can open up drainage pathways, you can eat better, you can work on detoxing from mold, but if you're constantly getting re-exposed, like you're never actually truly going to heal.
0: Yeah. So where do you, so obviously you start, um, with testing, like what kind of mold do you have? And then do you have them test their house? Cause I know, um, Ryan actually gave me a company where you can like test all the rooms in your house to see where the mold's coming from.
1: Yeah. So the Ermi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So the Ermi is the gold standard. It actually uses DNA PCR for spore equivalents of toxic mold. Um, so yes, you can do that. I mean, I, I tell everyone to do that. I think it's like a hundred dollars. I would rather some they do like have someone local come and do it for them. Um, it's not everyone doesn't. <laughs> I have a couple people that are just doing the mold protocol and, you know, not, they just can't move. And it's just that honest conversation. Like if they're not getting better, it's because of their environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I, I, think definitely, yeah. I mean, mold can also come from food. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, so mold is the living organism and then mycotoxins are the chemical like bullets that mold creates. Um, so mold and fungi in and of itself aren't toxic, but they produce mycotoxins that are toxic. Um, so certain coffees have aflatoxin a, which is a toxic mycotoxin in the coffee. So I, I had a client who we were going through this mold protocol and she was like, you know, I don't think it's my house. And, and she goes, oh my gosh, I think it's my coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, and it can be as simple as removing the coffee and then detoxing from mold and, um, and you know, it's just, it depends on where it comes from. Um, because it's not always your house, right? It can be your work environment, your school, um, or you know, your coffee, which is just sad,
0: sad for, for so many people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As I said, my yeah. coffee, but this is mold free.
0: Yeah, I get my coffee is tested for mold. King, um drinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking. And I, if I drink regular coffee, like I actually get like anxiety and jitters yeah. and I, I don't think it's from the caffeine. I, th- I think it's from like the mold or the pesticides or whatever.
1: Yeah, Maybe <laughs> I mean, coffee is just so not clean anymore.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, it's mold is just so interesting. But the good thing is once you know, it's there, you can create, I would always work with a practitioner. I would say mold is something even I tried to do it. I listened to podcasts. I researched back before I was an FDN and a nutritionist. I, I did it myself. And I, after I stopped breastfeeding, I ran another test and I still had mold. So <laughs> it wasn't successful um, because I didn't know what I was doing back then. So I would definitely work with a practitioner who knows what they're doing um, and can help you detox from mold. But yeah, removing or remediating is, is always step one.
0: Bum-ba-dum. I just wanted to pop in here and let you know that you are invited. Yes, you. You're invited to check out the Hormone Reset Program. If you listen to this podcast, then you probably want support balancing your hormones naturally, and that is literally what the Hormone Reset Program is about. It's all about guiding you through your transformation to painless periods, to understanding your body, tracking and understanding your cycle, how to work with your hormones, not against them. So whether you're struggling with painful periods, you've lost your period, you have irregular periods, you have PCOS, PMDD, you have mood swings before your period you're really struggling to lose weight, you have bloating, constipation I know that you will find resources there because I have had every single one of those symptoms has been resolved by someone going through the Hormone Reset program, so I know that we will be able to help serve you as well. The link to it is in the show notes, and enrollment closes Tuesday evening, so do not snooze and miss out because it's not opening up again for a while. And it's a slow process. It's like uncovering layers of an onion. I feel like yeah, so much because sometimes like I've had clients that won't present with having like mold or heavy metals or whatever. And then we run their, their second panel, like after they've been implementing their protocol and it's like, Hmm, some things popped up here after we got your body a little bit stronger, Mm -hmm. we unpeeled the next layer. And I'm like, now we have to go after. So that's why I think it's important to work with someone because otherwise maybe you do the step one of a protocol and you're like, well, I feel a little bit better, but I don't feel all the way better. So now I'm going to go in a different direction. And it's like, no, maybe you just need to go deeper. right? So talk to me about mold and hormones and like the connection there, and why you can't like truly thrive unless you get rid of the mold. Yeah,
1: so I'm gonna first talk about the mold cascade and then lead into hormones. So okay. mold um, produces mycotoxins, like I said. So small exposures of mycotoxins, whether it be in your coffee and your peanuts or at your work environment, um, or like large exposures in a short period of time leads to increased cytokines. The cytokines, they're proteins um, that are crucial for our immune system. So increased cytokines lead to immune response, which leads to inflammation, which leads to immune and hormone dysregulation. So, so many things with mold and hormones. Do you want me to just go through like the whole list?
0: Yeah. Let's just go through the list so people can like check mark and be like, that's me.
1: (laughs) So first it disrupts melatonin. So in the beginning of a mold exposure, I know you run Dutch all the time. So in mm-hmm. the beginning of a mold exposure, mold can actually suppress melatonin production. So if it's like a acute, I hate to say acute versus chronic and mold, but if it's like an acute or um, the beginning of a mold exposure, you'll see low melatonin on the Dutch. And then the, the client will present with sleep disturbances. Um, mycotoxins can actually get into the brain So this actually causes an increase in melatonin. So this would present as a super, super high melatonin levels on the Dutch. So this is actually like a protection mechanism from the body because melatonin is a potent anti-inflammatory. So this is the body being like, oh my gosh, you know, there's something in my brain that's causing all this inflammation and free radical damage. Let me quench that free radical damage with the melatonin. This causes literally chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, so mold is involved in chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, not all of the time, but a lot of the time. And it's most likely due to the mold in the brain. Um, so melatonin reduces tissue destruction during inflammatory reactions um, by you know, scavenging free radical damage. So our bodies know what to do but we just like, we can't just let there be mold in our brain. Like we have to do something about it. So if you're chronically fatigued, and I know this doesn't relate to hormones, but melatonin is a hormone. Um, and so if you're chronically fatigued and just don't like, can't get out of the bed in the morning, like it may be due to mold. Mm-hmm. So next thing it does is ruins gut health. So hypothesis yeah. said that all disease begins in the gut. And the gut and hormones are deeply connected through the estrobilum. But if you're just focusing on gut health and mold is the thing causing leaky gut, then we must address the mold in order to address the gut. Um, do you want me to go into the estrobilum?
0: Yes. Okay. Um, okay.
1: So the estrobilum, it's really, really cool. So this is a um, basically a collection of bacteria and the, this bacteria is, um, responsible for like circulating estrogen. So the bacteria in the gut, um, and the estrobilone affects estrogen levels, which can in turn, as you know, I mean, if you guys listen to this podcast, you know about estrogen, right? It can impact weight, libido, mood, period, everything. Um, so optimizing our gut health and keeping the estrobilome in check is really, really important for hormone balance. Um, And leaky gut just causes a massive, sorry, not leaky gut. Mold causes leaky gut, causes inflammation, um, you know, gut disruption, which can lead Mm to hormone imbalance.
0: I'm going to pause really quick just to break this down for everybody, because I think I hear all the time, people are like, I take a probiotic and I drink bone broth and I'm good. Like, I don't have to like, do anything else for my gut health, or that's just going to change my life. Or why would I have to take a probiotic long-term or whatever it is when it comes to your gut? I know that we always hear about the importance of the gut. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like it's now like a, it's just one of those well sung terms. Everyone's like, yeah. Oh, I got leaky gut, but you have to figure out what's yeah. causing your right. issues with your gut. Right. Because all the time, I'll have people be like, oh, I did an elimination diet and I didn't feel any better. And I'm like, well, did you figure out why you got the food sensitivities in the first place? No, okay. I'm like, that's where going deeper is so important. And so that's the connection with Nicole was making with mold causes the issue with your gut. So you can't just try and take care of your gut because mold's going to keep poking holes in it. And then mm-hmm. if you have gut issues, you're going to have estrogen issues, which means you're going to have really horrible periods. And that is where our full circle keeps going. Okay. Sorry. It's a full going. circle. And it's so funny.
1: Well, not funny. It's kind of sad because marketing, you know, these mark, I saw your Instagram uh, story this morning and you were like, don't fall for marketing. And it's yeah. true. Like these probiotic companies, probiotics are great, but they don't solve all of our problems. It's like, there's some probiotic companies that's like, you know, this cured my this, this, and this, well, okay. We need probiotics, but you're exactly right. Like what's, if you have leaky gut, like what's causing it, like what's the inflammation and just removing inflammatory foods is not the answer. Like you need to figure out why your body is reacting to those foods in the first place.
0: Yes. And heal it and balance your blood sugar, but we'll yeah. get to that. Okay. That's, <laughs> huge.
1: That's huge. Yeah. Speaking of, um, well, it's not blood sugar, but Well, yeah, blood sugar can affect the HPA axis. So mold can cause HPA axis dysregulation. So this can lead to things like cortisol, increased cortisol um, and extreme fatigue. Mold also can have a direct effect on hormone receptors throughout the body. So certain mycotoxins either mimic or block receptors for hormones, including estrogen, testosterone, and thyroid hormones. Um, so they can act as xenoestrogens throughout the body. So it's really interesting. Like we think of xenoestrogens and we think, okay, that's talk to- like toxic chemicals, like BPA, phthalates, like that kind of stuff. But, you know, mold can act as a xenoestrogen. So if that's another thing, like if you are doing all the things with your hormones and you, you've reduced exposure to xenoestrogens and you're balancing your blood sugar and you're eating all the right things and you're ma- like managing your stress, then maybe it is mold.
0: Yeah, this um podcast timing is so perfect cuz I just released an episode on endocrine disruptors, so yeah. <laughs> we'll come full circle. Um and that is again the importance of looking at your whole body approach, you know, mm-hmm. because if you just focus on, you know, eating correctly, but not like maybe you need to supplement with something or maybe you need to change something in your lifestyle. It's important to make sure that you're, that you aren't chasing symptoms. You know, I find all the time, you know, people have trouble sleeping. So they take melatonin, you know, they are, have trouble then getting up in the morning and they overdose on caffeine or pre-workout. And then it just keeps getting worse. But
1: yeah,
0: um, anyways, keep going with the cascade. <laughs> No, I completely agree. And it's sad because I
1: think we're just marketed all these things on Instagram that are like cure all products, but there's not one pill you take. There's not one pill you take for mold, not one pill for hormones. Um, yeah, yeah. So last thing I'll mention, there's so many more, but just for the sake of time. So mold and Hashimoto's, um, Isabella Wentz is an amazing Hashimoto's researcher. And she has written extensively about the link between Hashimoto's and mold, specifically mold in your sinus cavities. Um, so mold can actually colonize, colonize in your gut and in your sinus cavities. So um, gross. It's so gross, but it's so cool because once you address the mold in your sinuses, um, not with antibiotics, right? Because mold is not a bacteria. So you need antifungals. Um, you can actually, there's research and especially Isabella Wentz has researched that Hashimoto's can go into remission when you address mold in the sinus cavities, which I just think is <gasps> amazing. Oh, snap.
0: Yes. That's so cool. I just, I love how this, it just goes full circle because I have a client right now, not mold, but she, when we did her uh, second panel of labs, we were like uncovered her body all of a sudden releasing these heavy metals yeah. that she didn't have before. And her antibodies went up in her thyroid panel. And we were like, mm-hmm. now we get to the root of exactly. what's causing your thyroid issue. It's not yeah. a thyroid issue. We have to get rid of these heavy metals. So, oh, yeah. And I love that
1: deeper. you said second labs. Cause I think a lot of people, and even some of my clients, like they don't see, they feel better. So they don't see the need of retesting, which obviously I don't force anyone to do anything. It's up to them. But if your body is in a slow oxidative like state and it's not ready to detox or your, like your organs of elimination are not open, you will not show like, for example, heavy metals on a test. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you have hidden parasites that are hidden by biofilms or you know, anything that has like biofilms are the protective layer that are around parasites, pathogens, H. pylori, candida, that kind of stuff. Um, they may not show up on the first lab, but as you work on disrupting the biofilms, opening up drainage pathways and helping the body excrete and eliminate toxins, then they'll show up.
0: Yeah. Which is why you have to build your body up before (laughs) you try to detox. Um, This is so important. Like sometimes you'll have slight herx reactions, but like I hear these crazy stories of people being like, I was puking or I was bedridden and I I'm just herxing. I'm trying to get through it. And I'm like, No. Um, what?
1: (laughs) Stop it.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm like, you are doing way more harm than good. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say someone's like, okay, I'm I'm checking these boxes. This sounds familiar. Um, what are some first steps like they should start doing? So removing,
1: um, eliminate or reduce exposure to mold is really, really important. Um, First and foremost, I would say, go hire a practitioner who knows what they're Mm -hmm. doing. If that's not in the cards right now, because of financial reasons, um, you know, just investigating or like, what are you eating? Are you eating? check your coffee. You can do easily do a Google search of okra toxin, a, and coffee. And there's a million different studies, maybe not a million, maybe like 20. Um, and then, you know, peanuts, are you eating a lot of like fungal foods? Um, yep. and I know elimination diets don't solve everything, but just eliminating those foods that are, have fungus on them. Um, and then just be a detective, like, are you living mm-hmm. in a moldy environment? Is your work moldy? is it under your wallpaper? Is it under your carpet or a pulch Like do what I did. I literally ripped, well, maybe don't, cause I didn't have a mask on and this was way back when I didn't know anything, but I just ripped our, um, our carpet up and there was like two inches of black mold under, um, oh. so if you suspect something then you know, research and do and just become a detective. Um, yeah. And fluid is really, really important. So, The two most important things with mold, in my opinion, are binders and liver. Um, So support your liver. So glucuronidation is the most important liver pathway for detoxing from mycotoxins. Um, So I know you do the GI map. So if their beta glucuronidase on the GI map is high, then they're not detoxing that through that liver pathway. So supporting your liver And your bioflow is always going to be important. Like no matter what toxins you're detoxing from, whether it be parasites or heavy metals or mold, like you need bioflow and you need proper liver function. And you need, like you said earlier, coach up your body and like, make sure, Mm -hmm. make sure your body's ready to detox. So like minerals, eating Animal food. Um, you know, I know you know how and talk about how important it is to eat animal protein um and yes. get food. So do all the basics and then just make sure your liver's functioning optimally.
0: We love some good old castor oil packs. Love them. They're the best. Yes. And I used to, like with my clients, some were so scared to do like castor oil packs, but now it's just like a mandatory thing they have to do castor oil packs. Like it's a uh-huh. non-negotiable and then they can think about doing coffee enemas. But basically by the time I'm done working with them, they're like, I'm ready to do coffee enemas. Like so I've never,
1: I've never done one. I just bought the coffee enema kit. And I think you, you were like the 400th person who told me to do it. And I'm so nervous, but I'm, I'll do it after this podcast.
0: <laughs> they're so worth it. Yeah. Um, so worth it just for anybody listening though. Because I think sometimes people do not do the research before they do something. You cannot do a castor oil pack when you're bleeding, when you're pregnant, or if you have an IUD, please. It's dangerous. Um, And like, same thing with coffee enemas, like don't do them on your period. Don't do them if you're pregnant, like all those good things. But they, I I don't think everyone should jump into coffee enemas though. You know how people like preach about them all the time. I love them. I love them. But if you are not ready for a coffee enema, I personally think it can emotionally scar you (laughs) more than it can help you. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm emotionally there yet. So I'll work my way up to it.
1: Um, And I think that's the same with everything, right? You can't just jump into a detox. Like you can't just, and when I say detox, it's not like a five-day juice cleanse, like, you know, therapeutic detoxing, like detoxing for mold, for example, like you have to make sure you're peeing, pooping, sweating, balancing blood sugar, getting enough minerals in a good mindset. And like, you have Mm -hmm. to do all the basics to prepare your body to detox. Because, you know, when you jump into something and if you're not going to the bathroom, like just the basics, like you're going Mm -hmm. to recirculate those toxins and then you'll get sicker. And that's when the Herx reactions will come. So it is really like low and slow. Um, Detoxing from mold. I mean, it can take anywhere from like, I'd say the fastest is like three months to like years, like depending on the levels of mycotoxins and where they are, like if they've crossed the blood brain barrier, you have to, you know, then you use a binder that can cross the blood brain, blood brain barrier, not just like stay in your gut.
0: Yeah. I think mold is, it's a journey you have to commit to. Um, and I think that you can do it like it's not the cheapest protocol you're ever going to come across. Like, don't no. get me wrong. Um, but I think there are budget friendly ways to go about it. If you are intelligent and, mm-hmm. you know, you have to maybe take things in stages, but right. everybody should start with supporting their liver and their drainage pathways because i just not enough people are supporting their liver eating enough bitter herbs making sure they're pooping like all well, those good yeah. things yeah and i mean i wasn't like I, and it's funny cuz now
1: one of the first questions and i talk a lot about poop with my clients yeah. but i always say you know how many times are you going and the the answer is between like i don't know 3 times a week to Once a day to twice a day and optimals two to three times a day. And sometimes I say that to people and they're like, in what world is that normal? I'm like, that's normal. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's so common not to go and be constipated that, you know, but also it's common to have all these health issues now Mm -hmm. too. So, you know, imagine just having your organs of elimination working optimally and going two to three times a day, then like, that's when your body's ready to actually detox.
0: That is the one thing that makes me like bang my head against a wall is I will have so many people comment all the time, like, oh, period cramps are normal. Everybody mm-hmm. has them. And I'm like, um, just because you have them doesn't mean they're normal. Right. And they're then it common. comes. Yes. It comes back with, well, my doctor said they're normal, but my doctor also said it's normal if I poop once a week. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I swear every time I hear a story from a client, I'm like, I should write a book. Like, I just need to compile like the crazy things that not crazy that they're saying, but just like these situations are crazy that they're in. And I've experienced it too. And it's just, you know, doctors don't learn about nutrition. And, you know, when you're constipated, they're like, Oh, get on this laxative. Well, laxatives, now we're off the mold topic, but laxatives are just mm-hmm. awful for our health, and it's just another pill. Like, what's causing your constipation? Um, yeah, what's causing your body to be not excreting
0: toxins. That, and like, I'm going to go back to the doctor thing really quick. <laughs> I actually interviewed a medical doctor on here, and yeah. it was a really good interview. He has, um, he was medical doctor turned holistic, and. Um, he he mostly just kind of talked about its lack of awareness and you spend yeah. so many hours and years getting this education and then not a lot of them will continue outside of that, you know like there's really? not a certain way. Yeah. yeah, like so I think just understanding that about your doctor is really important, but there are really good ones out there. You just you do have to do your research and, You can have a whole health team, you know, like I have a pelvic floor therapist and I have an OBGYN and I have a practitioner, like you have kind of lots of people to help take care of you. Um,
1: And I think in this day and age too, like it's, it's our job to be educated and aware of what's going on in our body because we cannot expect anyone to fix us. Right, like uh, you know, my clients know that I'm not going to fix them. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to guide them. But it's up to them to do all of these things and take their health into their own hands. And I think that's when like healing really takes place is when you are responsible for your own health Um, and just using other people as a guide and you know to help you. Obviously, because I don't expect all my clients to be experts in mold. That's why they hire me, right? Um, But I can't fix anyone and neither can you and neither can doctors. Right. Like it's totally just up to us.
0: Yeah. We have to be the guide. I always ask my clients, I'm like on a, like my one-on-ones, like on a scale of one to 10, like how ready are you to make a change? And if they say a six, I'm like, well, <laughs> we're well, we not back good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Okay. While I have to go plug in the baby monitor, I want you to tell me, like, what other things, what other knowledge bombs do you feel like this audience needs to know about mold?
1: Knowledge bombs. Okay. So, um, mold is toxic. It's carcinogenic. So, um, you can actually eat some things that help to reduce the carcinogenic effects of mold. So carrots, Parsnips, celery, and parsley can actually help uh, reduce the carcinogenic effect of mold. Um, and then anything that helps like to mitigate like the oxidative effect of mold. So I'm not going to give like specific supplement recommendations, but just think like anti-inflammatory um, things that have antioxidants. So a diet rich in antioxidants, um, and then you know binders. But I really can't stress enough how important bile flow is. Um, it's so important when detoxing for mold, um, 80% of all toxins processed by the liver are dumped into the bile. So a lot of people in like the mold world or just, you know, the detox world would consider bile function, um, to be phase three liver detox. So really just like working on stimulating your bile flow um, stimulating pancreatic enzyme production. So you can do that with either bitters. I love bitters. Number nine from Quicksilver. Um, that's a supplement you just put on your tongue, tongue, or bitter herbs. Like you said, um, you know, arugula, what is Sandaline. the rashes? Yeah. Yeah. radishes are good they taste gross (laughs) my son okay I have a 13 month old
0: son he's obsessed with radishes he could eat them like all day long it's so bizarre but I'm like go go I mean (laughs) your happy liver um sometimes they just love like the most random things Um, Oh apples
1: and radishes are like he could eat those all day every day
0: hey he'll have one happy liver so that's okay (laughs) um Liver support is, is so important. And I think though, we're going to come back to the whole body approach one more time, because I know people are going to be like, okay, I'm going to go take that bitter. And like, it's going to solve my issues. And it's like, no, you need to maybe take that bitter. And then maybe you need to like lower Your toxic intake on your liver. Like, pay attention. Are you drinking alcohol every single night? Like, are you staying up late and not getting that detox period for your liver? Are you eating imbalanced blood sugar? So then your liver has to come in and help balance your blood sugar instead of like focusing on detoxing. Like, it's definitely a whole body approach. So I just want to stress that because I. I am the queen of giving the unsexy answers (laughs) because I get asked all the time. (laughs) People are like, how do I raise my progesterone? What supplement do I take to like get rid of like my excess androgens? And I'm like, "Well, (laughs) there's no magic pills. Right, like why is your progesterone
1: low? Why are androgens high? All of that. And I think it's also important to note that like it's taken us. So, okay, when (laughs) I got diagnosed with PCOS, I was, I think I was twenty five I'm 32 now like it took me 25 years to get that diagnosis I don't expect to reverse it or have it under control in like a year so it you know the healing process takes a really long time and Mm -hmm. my program that I work with people starts with four months so I think some people see that and they're like okay great four months to heal but there's no timeline on healing like Mm -hmm. we can't there's so many outside factors stress is huge right like stress Mm -hmm. is I mean, for hormones, gosh, it's, it's stress can just make us make our hormones go crazy and, and it's internal or external stress. So mold and mycotoxins are an internal stressor, but like, you know, if you hate your job, your healing journey is probably going to be really long um, because that's just like, and you know, a, a stressor, but I think a lot of people get into the healing journey. They're like, okay, I have this mold protocol. I have this you know, I know exactly what to do and they expect it to be just like a 30, 60, 90 day thing. And it's, it's not like, we cannot predict how long it will take your body to heal.
0: Yes. I'm just going to also reiterate that because people are like, (laughs) what promise can you make to me? And I'm like, my promise to you is to educate you so that you understand your body and you have the tools to continue healing because that's my best gift for you. Because like my job is to work myself out of a job so that you like know how to take care of your body. Yes,
1: I want everyone to fire me at the end of us working together. And I think it's so important that we educate and empower people to make, like take their, like I said earlier, take their life into their, not life, take their health into their own hands. Um, And I spend a ton of time educating my clients because if, if I just give you a protocol and you don't understand why or like what you're doing or you know, Mm -hmm. why I'm recommending that supplement, you're probably not going to do it. Um, So I think educating is like probably 90% of our job.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where like labs can be very cut and dry because I've had um, quite a few clients where alcohol is like, it's like pulling teeth to get them to stop drinking alcohol. Like I legit mean pulling teeth and they're like, no, I just can't do it. Like in social settings. Yes. And we pulled up their labs and I was like, this is caused by alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like there it's like cut and dry. Like you have no DHEA, like not, it's non-existent because of alcohol. And they're like, oh, okay. I I can put a bigger effort into drinking like sparkling water or whatever. Like, yes, there we go.
1: Yeah. It's, I know labs are amazing and they're so enlightening and I, I, the labs that we get from our doctors don't really answer many questions. So these functional labs are just like, there's so much deeper investigation. Like, I, I don't know many doctors that would test for mold. I mean, I've never asked anyone, but the organic mm-hmm. acid and the mycotoxin test, you can't, that I know of doctors don't really run those unless they're mold literate or lime literate.
0: Yeah. I think when you get into maybe like functional, the functional world, functional doctors will test, but then again, not all functional doctors are created equal either. Not all practitioners are created equal. Like you have to jive with me as well. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of vegans yes, <laughs> want to work with me. And I, and I always, I'm like, okay, if your lab comes back and you have to change your diet, are you going to be open to that? And if they say no, and I'm like, okay, we're not a good fit. Yeah. Um, Because you have to like you have to jive with each other as well and be on the same wavelength, like of trust, I think. Um, But most doctors don't run functional tests. And I think a lot of it is like they spend 15 minutes maybe with their patients. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I talk to my husband about this a lot because he's a physical therapist Mm -hmm. and he wants to open his own clinic because he gets so frustrated because he's like, it's not all the times like a provider issue. It's an a company issue and an insurance insurance. issue. Oh yeah. Because, like, if they're taking insurance, they're going to make sure that they have so many billable people per hour instead of like. Um, you know, wanting to like spend their time and ask questions, their boss is like cracking the whip being like, you only build two people for that hour instead right. of like seven. <laughs> yeah. And
1: that's so. why I think that's a great, that we don't take insurance because we control the amount of time we spend with our clients. I give mm-hmm. my clients unlimited messaging access, yeah, Facebook group, like weekly group calls, and then they get one-on-one and I could never offer that if insurance was covering it because mm-hmm. like you said, they bill like 15 minute time slots. So yeah, I don't think it's always the prec- I mean, we can't blame anyone, right? Like it's no. not, if you're not getting proper care from a doctor, it's it's so multifaceted. They either don't understand what's going on because they weren't trained. There's not enough yeah. time to do that deeper investigation or they just don't have the right tools. Um, yeah. so that's, you know, I love what we do. It's just like detective work.
0: It is, it is. It's like putting the puzzle pieces together. And, um, I love when like the clients get really into it too. And they're like, okay, like this is my next step. So it's yeah. awesome. So fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Please tell okay. me how the people can reach you. I'll put it in the link to the show notes and how they can work with you. If they decide that they want to jump down the mold wagon.
1: I know the mold wagon. Um, so my Instagram handle is Nicole Ritter health. Um, I have all of my links are in the bio there and I'll email them to you. But hello at nicoleritterhealth.com is my email. Um, Mrs. Nicole is my website. I have to switch it to Nicole Ritter health. I haven't done that yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, Instagram is probably the easiest
0: way, um, or email. Yeah. I love Instagram too, but sometimes my messages become a black hole. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have a lot of followers. (laughs) I'm just like, I will get to them. (laughs) I will try to get to them. (laughs) You should have an admin do it. I have someone like prioritize them for me. Um, So that's really, really helpful where she's like, Leah, you have to answer this person. Right. Okay. Thank you. I will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Voice notes are the best. I send so many voice notes on Instagram messenger, just because it's like so much easier than just typing them out.
0: Yes, I agree. And then I feel like it's also more personal because then they know that I'm the one answering them. Mm -hmm, So for sure. It's good. Well, thank you.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun.